guys, I'm Bethany. Dramatic pause. And I'm Dalton. And this is Looking for the Middle. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you. Your microphone just made a weird red light. It did? Yeah. It was strange. It's recording. Nice. All right. Let's get rocking and rolling know. here. Okay. So, we're glad you're here. <laughs> this may or may not be the first time we recorded in about a month. It. Yeah, we're kind of... I'm like, how do we do this again? Uh, you push buttons, you say words into a microphone, and you make it up as you go. Well, we got that under control. Don't tell Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. We will... Um, Jump in with our usual housekeeping at the beginning. Follow us on social media. There's a Facebook group if you want to be a part of it. LFTM community on Facebook for the ladies. Uh, we have a newsletter that I am trying to be better about remembering to actually push send on. So I apologize if you've missed a few. How dare you? I know. <laughs> but that is there as well. You can go to our website, lookingforthemiddle.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter and... That wraps it up. Social media, Facebook group, newsletter. Ready? Question of the day. Go. Uh, pause. I have gotten so <sighs> bad. It, no, this is related okay. to the podcast. I have gotten so bad, y'all, at just sprinkling in the little puns of looking for the middle into everyday conversation now. You have. <laughs> it's rough. Because I look at him. We're just in the office talking, and he's, he'll say something about, oh, well, we need to find the middle or something. And I'll like look at him and roll my eyes, and he's like, what? what? I didn't are you even talking mean to about? do I'm it, like, but oh, it's, my word. <laughs> it's become so bad that I don't know what to do. So what are you looking at? Well, a car went by in the parking lot, and then it just went back around this way. So I was trying to see if they were leaving or Was parking. it a drug dealer? Probably. Knew it. Your drug dealer's here. <laughs> question of the day. It's your question. What is the most embarrassing thing you've ever done on a date? Go. Oh, brother. Yeah. I'm I got a doozy today. I am so like overly paranoid about first dates that I really try hard not to put myself in situations. Okay. I didn't say first date, just a date in general. Hmm. Oh. Or do you only ever go on first dates? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that was rude. I do not. Um. Okay. So can, can I have like later on embarrassment about something that I didn't realize was embarrassing at the time? Yes. Is that I think? Okay. So I went on a first date with this guy. And we've been talking for a while. And so I was kind of flirty. And so at the end of it, he had, like, I had a good time. I knew he had had a good time and not. So I was trying to be like, oh. So I went with like, oh, so are we going to do this again sometime? Like trying to whatever. And he was like, oh, um, yeah, well, yeah. And it was kind of like awkward. And I was like, oh my word, have I like completely thrown him off? Well, I, fa- I was, we went out again. We dated. Like it was fine. I found out later that that made him really uncomfortable for a girl to like say that. And I thought I was being all cute and flirty or whatever. And I was really embarrassed after the fact, which I realized as I'm saying it's not that big of a deal. It's kind of underwhelming. I'm really sorry. That's the first thing that's coming to mind. You talk. If I think of something better, it's underwhelming. I'll Mine's say actually it. really good. It was prom junior year, which by the way, <laughs> if we have any high school listeners, don't go to prom. Waste of your time. I didn't go to prom. Not worth it. Yeah. I hate it. I hated it. It was dumb. <laughs> Moving on. I've heard that from Partially more people. because of this story. So I, I think we were dating at the time. Dated a girl throughout high school. Took her to prom. Uh, and we're walking out of this really nice restaurant. Which, by the way, at this point, because I'm a year in terms of age younger than most of my classmates. I graduated when I was 17. So when I was going to my junior prom, I did not yet have my full driver's license 
So uh, my parents are driving us around <laughs> in a worn down Mazda minivan. So we go to this really nice restaurant for dinner. Your parents dropped I, you off at the front. Oh, yeah. They dropped us off at the front. They were waiting outside for us when we were done. Um, I thought I was cool because, you know, I'm paying for the dinner and all of this stuff. And Hold on, pause. Were you paying with your own money or were you? did you have your dad's, like, card? No, it was my own money. Okay, cool. I'm just at that filling point, out the story. I, I had started working on a farm and okay. doing some, some farm work and cool. stuff like that. So I had some cash to spend, but not a lot of it. So uh, <laughs> we walk out. And I'm trying to be all cool. Like, I'm holding the door for her. I held the door for an older couple that's walking out behind us. And I go to turn around. I'm talking to her, not paying attention to what I'm doing. I take one big step, end up stepping into a flower pot. Tum- was there a flower in it? It was just an empty pot. There may or may not have been a flower in there. <laughs> and then tumbling over the curb and landing just hard on the pavement with the flower pot knocked over. Everyone is watching this. My date's standing there. I'm in a nice suit. And then this old man just picks me up and says, don't worry, son. I've actually done that before. No. Yeah. You, so you happen to have let the couple out before you, who the male of that couple was the only other person in history who had stepped in a flower pot and fallen over on a date? Uh-huh. Wow. I mean, what are the odds of that? But it's also just everything that, about that was just an embarrassing That is sequence. embarrassment. Yeah. Because... You know, when you're trying to be all cool with your date, <laughs> yeah. opening a sliding minivan door and, and letting her scooch in first is not the coolest thing you she can do. Her big prom dress. <laughs> okay, I thought of another story. Oh, well, good, because the first one was well, just terrible. I, it's not going to live up to that one, but it was embarrassing. It was partly embarrassing because... I have another one, Okay, too. well, hold on. It was partly embarrassing because I've done this podcast for all of this time, and I've told people what to do in this situation, and I handled it horribly and really got myself into a an awkward situation after too. So I had talked met this guy on an app. We had talked for like a few days and we were going going out to eat. And it was actually it was like right before everything shut down for COVID. Mm-hmm. So like we go out and the world shuts down the next day, basically. It's probably God telling you something. <laughs> it's like Bethany, you really need to stop dating. No. So we go we go to dinner. We were there for like three hours. So of the time we were there, like the three hours, I probably talked maybe 30 minutes of it. Oh. Not because we didn't have, well, some of us didn't have things to say. But I mean, you know me. I get my words in. You like, have something I, to say about everything. I do not. Tr- I couldn't get a word in edgewise. He taught. And it's stuff that like you would want to know about someone. Over time. Yeah, but you, you, it's go back and forth. It is, I'm just saying, it wasn't like it was totally random. But I'm waiting on the embarrassing. So, <laughs> I did not have a good time. And so, like I said, it's part of it's embarrassing because I've had the show and I've told people, okay, what do you do when you didn't have a good time? But he obviously thinks it went super well. You don't tell him, oh, I had a really good time. You don't say, yeah, let's do this again. You don't, like you, you're honest and you're like, well thank you for your time and you figure it out later. Did I do any of those things? No. We go out to the parking lot. Um, and we stand there and talk for another, well, some of us talked for another probably 20 or 30 minutes. And he's like, okay, well I had a really good time. And he starts approaching me and I don't know where this is going. He's just kind of like walking towards me. I'm like, is he going to hug me? He's going to try to, I don't know where this is going. So I, 
initiate than a hug because I'm like, let's head this off at the pass. And what do I, I'm, I totally have a Chandler Bing moment. Remember when he was like going out with, was it like Rachel's boss or something? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that was great. We, I had a great time. We should do this again sometime. Call me. And they're like, are you ever going to, he's like, no, I don't want to go out with her again. Totally did that where I went in for a hug and I was like, oh, this was so much fun. You know, I had a great time. We should do this again sometime. Why? I panicked in the moment. Jeez. <laughs> That's less embarrassing and more just stupid. Okay, fine. Well, listen. I mean, it's it's embarrassing (laughs) looking back on it. Yeah. All right. Okay, tell me yours. One up me once again. Go ahead. uh, It's fine. I set a low bar. It will be. Um, So, by the way, people that are listening right now that have absolutely no idea where this episode's going, it's literally going to be called Real Talk. Yeah. Because we're just going to have a candid conversation for once. So, this is a really good intro. There is no structure. We have no notes. At least I don't have any Wait, notes that I'm looking did at. Did you say a candid conversation for once? Yeah, no, I'm, when I mean candid, oh, I okay. mean candid. To a new level. Okay. We, we don't have notes. We don't no. have anything planned other than like one or two questions and that's it. Anyway, so we have no this, idea where this is going. You've been warned. You have no idea where this story is about to go. I don't. So in college, I dated a girl for multiple years, which mm-hmm. by the way, if you're somehow listening to this, I love you and your husband. You're the best. Um, so we, she went on vacation with my family. Okay. We wanted to have a really nice date night. So I knew of a a great restaurant that I'd eaten at before because my family goes to this place all the time. Uh, so I take her out. We're going on a nice date where this is a really nice restaurant on the edge of the ocean. It's, um, North Myrtle Beach. Okay. So you have Myrtle Beach is where all of the families go and the water's really disgusting. But if you go to (laughs) North Myrtle Beach... Uh It's more of just a comfortable town, quiet. I love it okay. because you can be on the beach and there's no one within 100 yards of you. Oh, that's nice. Fantastic. Okay. Um, so we go to this nice restaurant. It's it's on the water. It's a beautiful night. I get a really nice steak. She gets something else that was expensive. I mean, we I spent a decent chunk of change on this meal. Okay. Um, but I came into this vacation a little under the weather. Was oh, not feeling one hundred percent. So we're on the car, on the car, in the car, driving. We want to go play putt putt. Okay, so this is post dinner. Post dinner, we're driving back. We're going to play putt putt. I'm in traffic, and I am so used to driving a stick shift that my hand is always on the shifter knob. I still do that to this day. I haven't driven a stick shift in three years. But my hand was still sitting on the shifter knob as if I was about to shift. Okay. And I could feel a sneeze coming on. <gasps> uh-huh. You see where this <laughs> no. is going. So it came on quick and unexpected. One hand's on the steering wheel. One hand's on the shifter knob. I sneeze, but because I think both hands are occupied, I don't have enough time to, you know, stop it or cover it. And again, mind you, I had been sick, so there was some congestion. <laughs> I sneezed and fired a massive <laughs> snot rocket all over my leg. I mean, it was disgusting. <laughs> right after, no, 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 no. Right after having this really nice meal, I couldn't find napkins. <laughs> oh, no. I couldn't find a tissue or anything. Luckily, she had some in her purse. Where it really gets embarrassing is we were in heavy traffic at the time, and I'm trying to like pick up the pieces of what just happened. She, sweet as can be, just reaches over with the tissue, <laughs> cl- 
cleans <laughs> off my leg that it just got rocketed and goes on about it as if nothing had happened while I've got this little That's all you can do. <laughs> rocket hanging from my nose as well. It was disgusting. That's so bad. It's supposed to be this really romantic, nice dinner and I completely <laughs> ruined it with one sneeze. <laughs> I heard that so bad. I was afraid where you were going with this was you no, I didn't in total the force the car. of your sneeze, no. you put the car in reverse. No, it just, I, for some reason, I thought my right hand was useless in that moment because it was busy <laughs> doing something else. That I have done a lot of really dumb things. It's hilarious. And I, embarrassing things on dates because I just go for it. Yeah. I'm 100 I, miles an hour full steam ahead all the time. I, um... I don't, I can't, whenever people ask, what's your most embarrassing moment? Just in general, I never have anything to say. And I don't think it's because I don't embarrass easily. Maybe there's a little bit of that. But also, I think I just am, I'm probably a little too uptight. And I don't put myself in situations to be embarrassed enough. Oh, I just go for it. I'm not a go for it kind of person. I, so I think that's okay, the difference. Th- this is a perfect translation into this conversation. Okay, we, go for it. <laughs> so we were sitting in the office the other day. Working as you do at your office during work hours. I I walked into Bethany's office, which happens quite frequently because my office gets taken multiple times a day. Um, So I walked into Bethany's office and said, you know what? Episode idea. Title, real talk. Didn't even tell her anything else about it. She goes, ooh, I love it. I'm like, I haven't even told you anything. (laughs) But okay. Because we are wired completely differently. Very different. When it comes to approaching the yeah. whole dating atmosphere. Yeah. There's obviously the male-female difference, right? which is a lot. But then I think even even more, we're opposite ends of the spectrum on a lot of things. So I dropped a doozy of a question with how do you handle singleness, the desire to be married with contentment. And we just went off on this long conversation. I thought, you know what? It's better to put a microphone in front of our face. And we're going to reenact it for you now. Well, I don't know about the reenacting part because (laughs) we're just, we don't know where this is going to go. Genuinely. Yeah. Um, I have thoughts because I've been thinking about, I mean, this was the other day, just the other day that we talked about this. And we're recording this, you guys, on Monday. It's going on Patreon today and it'll be out for you guys, obviously, on Wednesday. But, uh, we had this idea. We're like, yeah, and we're going to put this out now. So, <laughs> but I, so full transparency, I want to be completely candid in this conversation. Now, I'm not going to sit here and divulge every little detail about my life. No, but and I won't either. But. I think it's important for you, the listener, to really know the perspective that we're coming from, who yeah. we are, our hearts for this, and how we approach this. Yeah. Just so you can understand a little bit more and have more of a personal connection with us. Yeah. Rather well, than it just being voices that you're listening through headphones. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of times, yeah, the episodes are, well, obviously they're focused on a topic and we're talking about that topic and it's not so much talking about ourselves, which is, you know, we want it to be practical and helpful. So that's the goal. But yeah, we don't want it to be detached from you guys knowing us because it's very conversational. And I think in when you're in this singleness and dating game or whatever you want to call it, there is encouragement in the camaraderie of knowing, oh, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one who's blown snot on my leg in a date. I'm not the only one who stepped Mm -hmm. in a flower pot. Likelihood of either of my stories really resonating is probably low, but that's beside the point. Um, It's helpful just knowing one where people are coming from, but two that, you're not the only one that's thought these things. You're not the only one that struggled with it because I think a lot of times the podcasts, you know, social media gets a bad rap, especially like Instagram for just being the highlight reel of someone's life or just mm-hmm. being, you know, all the good stuff. 
And I think there's arguments for both sides of like, you don't want it to be all the, the crappy parts of your life either, but there's a balance there. And I think podcasts can be the same way when this type of podcast where we just talk about, Oh, the funny, cause we want to get the laughs or we want to whatever. And it's like, okay, no, let's real talk. Well, it's funny. What does you, life look like? It's funny you bring up Instagram because part of this was cause I was scrolling through reels and everything. I yeah. told you about this scrolling through reels and, and there's this new trend or I guess a growing trend in social media where it says, welcome to the side of Instagram or TikTok where. Yeah. And then it's just real conversations about sadness and things that people are <laughs> wrestling through. And I like that because it's exactly what you're saying. We live in such a world that's consumeristic and wants to just put on your best face. Yeah. And the church even becomes that, where you just put on your, your best face, you come into church, you have to have it all put together, yeah. which is silly to me. It is. But I, I want to just be honest and say we don't have it all together. Yeah. There's a reason why we're doing a dating podcast right now. It's okay, not because so, we're, we're happily married and yeah. been super successful at this. So let's just jump <laughs> out there. Where are you at with the whole dating I, life and tension and all of that? Tension is a really good word yeah. to describe it at the moment. Y'all know, I think I've talked about it enough. Everyone probably knows I took a purposeful, like a deliberate break from dating over the summer. Um, I had had several, let's call them frustrating experiences kind of back to back leading up to that. And the last one was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was like, I need to not be doing this for a while. It was like, okay, summer's coming up. I'm taking a break. And so I did. Um, and I loved it and you know, summer's over. I, um, I guess mid-September, what is this? The in early November. So yeah, mid September, I was like, okay, I'm going to get back out there. I downloaded a couple of apps. I've kind of been on them. I've been talking to people here and there and I am seriously contemplating going back into a break. <laughs> uh, a dating app slumber. Yeah. Why? It is really, and honestly, this is kind of what we talked about a little bit the other day, just that conversation of like the, single again the tension between being single and doing that well but also wanting to be married and where does contentment factor into that mm -hmm. and you know we rag on people who say oh if you'll just be content in the lord then you'll meet someone or whatever and i will continue to rag on those people because that's a horrible thing to say however it doesn't relieve the single people of the command just like everyone else to be content in the lord and that we should be satisfied in him so it it's doesn't mean oh just because people say stupid things you don't have to be content that's not the point um but i was really content this summer with nothing mm -hmm. with not being in that sphere and i don't know if it's because i'm sure a little bit of it was because i knew the fall was coming and there was an end to it you know but i have noticed now that i'm back on a couple of apps and you know you're swiping and you're talking to people and Y'all know it is rough out there and I know it is for guys too, but it, especially on the Christian apps, maybe I should put quotes around that. It's really discouraging seeing the state of Christianity. I think a little mm. bit just because, well, I think you can speak to this from the guy's perspective. A lot of times on the Christian apps, um, that's where non-Christians go if they want to find a nice girl. Mm -hmm. or, well, I'm tired of hooking up, so I'm off Tinder, and I want to actually settle down, so, oh, let's go to the Christian app. But they're not Christian, you know, especially in the South. It's like, oh, well, yeah, my faith is important, and that means absolutely nothing. Um, 
And so it's just frustrating. And I have seen though, now that I'm off the break, my contentment has gone down. My discontent has gone up, which you would think would be the opposite. And so that's a big, getting back to your question of why am I thinking that that's a big motivator. It's like, okay, if this is not helpful is the answer. Okay. You need to get your act together, get your priority straight and stay the course or remove the thing that's causing the issue. And I don't know. It's kind of an open-ended thought at the moment. I'm Mm. not sure what I'm going to do, but that's where I'm at. I'm at a little bit of a cynical place because. (laughs) Oh yeah. I can get the cynicism, which by the way, I was sitting here thinking while you were talking, getting back on dating apps and people saying certain things on their apps are really not very helpful. Um, all you girls that rag guys on there for having fish in a picture, shut up about your dog. <laughs> like, I understand you love your dog, and I love dogs, too. I don't have one, mostly because where I live, I can't have one. I love dogs. Yeah. But if every single picture is about your dog, and then you're sitting there going, I'm, I'm a dog mom, and all of this stuff, stop. Yeah, okay. So can we talk about, side note for a second, what is with everyone? Because guys say, to, oh, I'm a dog dad. And I'm like, it's a dog. You're not a dad. Like, they're not your kid. It's just a little pet peeve of mine. Like people quit saying that, in general. We are g- going to get some hateful DMs after That's this. That's fine. Just I'm, I'm prepared. Be prepared for that. I, but I'm sorry if you love your dog. I I am happy that you love your dog. Just don't make it an idol in your yeah, life. I, okay, I've seen some, and this may be more like social media posts too, but like from guys or where they're talking about their animal. But if you took out the name Fido and put in, you know, Susie. It could literally be them talking about their own human child. And I'm like, that's a little bit much. Uh, I did see one one time uh, where the girl said something, some sort of truth or something yeah. like that. Just know that I will always love my dog more than you. And I'm like, well, clearly I'm not going Slide to click yes left. to that. Yeah. Um, the, we, no, let's not go off on No, no, no. I, I was going back. Let's talk about your where you're at with yeah. dating at the moment. But I do have, like, just in thinking about this, I have some when it comes to like online dating and apps and things guys say on them related to like the, their spiritual state. And I want I feel like girls probably say a lot of the same things. So I want to talk about that for a minute. Once we get fair, where we'll you're circle at. back. Yes. To it. Um, single done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm in an interesting place. So I was telling uh, Bethany and someone else the other day, I haven't been in an actual relationship. Now, gone on some dates it looked like it was progressing that way but it didn't Um, so i haven't been in an actual relationship in six years which is when i said it i went holy cow that's (laughs) way longer than i thought um so it's definitely been an interesting season Mm -hmm. like there's been a couple where it looked like it was going that direction and something happened and it abruptly ended and yeah you know it's whatever um but six years from being an actual relationship, I've almost kind of forgotten how to do this thing in some ways, which is ironic because I'm supposed to be sitting on here talking about good <laughs> advice for, you know, dating and whatnot. I was trying to pronounce. Are you making fun of me there? 100%. Okay, just checking. Um, so, yeah, interesting place where I haven't been in a real relationship in a while. I've done the dating a little bit. Um, I think for me, this is where we're different. Mm-hmm. I am a hopeless romantic which sometimes when I talk, I don't sound like that because I can be very cynical and sarcastic. I think it's a defense mechanism, though. Oh, 100% is. Yeah. Um, because when I get into a relationship, 
I will give you the moon, the stars, and everything in between. <laughs> I'm broke as a joke, so it's going to be on a budget. <laughs> but I would do anything for anyone because yeah. I love serving people. Yeah, yeah. Um, where that gets me in trouble is early on in, in the dating relationship, uh, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> like, I'll just I'll give you all of me. Here you go. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the balance in in all of that is of withholding personal information. No, I'm not sitting here telling you my whole life story and everything I've ever struggled with because that's a little bit weird. But um, I get uh, emotionally attached. That was the phrase that I used. Mm-hmm. I get emotionally attached easily. Part of it is because there's been a lot of hurt in the past. Uh, and so I'm just hopeful that something will will happen. Yeah. So I just jump out there. The other part of it is, um, I think part of it, the desire is there. Maybe not fully content where I should be, but I, I want to be married. And so if my cousin calls it SFA, slight female attention, uh, if I get SFA, <laughs> I guess it's a full bore. I'm in. Let's go. Let's do this thing. She loves me. I don't know about that that far, how far that goes, but yeah, so... Hopeless romantic, and I came up with the super depressing line. Some of you are going to resonate with this because I am the type of person that will just give all my love to anyone. Anyone, literally, you become family to me if you know me more than five seconds. Um, what do you do when you have all the love in the world to give and no one that wants it? He told me that the other day, and I was like, "Stop!" Like that's that's where I'm at because my mom has always said. Uh, you have a massive heart and you love people sometimes too much. Yeah. Well, in dating, I don't know that it's too much, but maybe it's more than you should at the moment. Yeah. You know? The the other side of, of this equation is I like to describe myself like a cup of black coffee. Okay. When you first start drinking coffee, <laughs> you want cream in it, you want sugar in it. It's just, That's what you want. To tolerate it. To tolerate right? it. And you have to really acquire and develop a taste for black coffee. <laughs> it takes time. But once you That's do. That's me. I take time. I'm, I'm like, a, what is it, Shrek? I'm an I'm a onion. You got to peel back the layers. Um, there's layers to me of where you're like, this guy's kind of strange. Yeah. And he's a little bit hyper. And he talks about theology too much. And I have no idea what in the world he likes because he just talks about everything. Everything. Once you kind of peel back and get to know me a little bit more, people are like, okay, yeah, he's yeah. he's a decent dude. And I say decent because I don't have... Don't sell yourself short. Super high standards <laughs> for myself here, but I'm, I'm kind of all over the map. Yeah. I'm an acquired taste. I'm also hopeless romantic and overly emotional, so we're Which doing great here. Which is funny because we're talking about like that we're opposite, but it's almost... I was saying, you know, that male-female dynamic, but it's almost like we're opposite... In the things, like... And how it, it manifests itself. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's typically, or stereotypically, the girl that gets in too quickly, way too invested, way too emotional, way too whatever, which is a little bit more you here. Hold on. And it's typically the guy who's a little more aloof, who's a little more, like, cynical, who's a little more, like, standoffish, you don't know where he stands, but that's me. Like, I am, like, I am not, I'm... And I try to work on it, but it's so unnatural that like until I know that the guy is like all in, super into it, and he has made that clear, I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep my cards 
close to the vest. I'm not mm-hmm. going to like tip my hand because I don't want to get hurt. And I don't want him to think that I'm more into this than he is and like whatever. Um, so we're opposite from each other, but also opposite from stereotypes a lot too. It's just interesting. Yeah, that is kind of strange. Now, I wouldn't say <laughs> it's always the case. Just stereotypical. Um, you would be surprised the amount of guys that actually get emotionally involved quickly. That was going to be a question in listening to you talk. Is so, how much of that is you just put it out there? And a lot of guys are a little more stoic, but they're thinking it. We internalize a lot. Yeah. So I still internalize a lot. Okay. When I'm going, well, I think I internalize. <laughs> People tell me my facial expressions always tell a story because I'm not good at hiding my facial expressions. Um, but I do, I internalize a lot more than people okay. think because that's just a guy thing to do. We, yeah. We stonewall. Mm-hmm. We hide everything inside. We bottle it all up and then it just explodes during a Call of Duty session. <laughs> that may or may not have happened last night. Anyway, um, more guys get emotionally invested and attached than I think people think. Which is so funny because all a girl wants is for a guy to say that they are. Yeah. I don't know. It's but just it's, like that's the scariest making, part. I know. Because once you say, "Hey, I'm into it," yeah, that's where the hurt becomes the realest. It does, but that's but then from a girl's perspective, all we want is for a guy to say, "Hey, I like you. I am into this. I want this to to continue." And then we're like, "Okay, great. Like that's all we want." And so, why is there this like? <laughs> so here's the problem. Yeah, you're not wearing the shoes of the guy in this moment. Yeah. Because what you're not thinking of are all the times where the guy has said that. Yeah. And he was told to take a hike. Okay. So he's become emotionally invested and attached to this person. He's laying all his cards out on the table, initiating and saying, I like you. Yeah. And then it's shut down. Oh, well, I just saw you as a friend. Uh-huh. Or I never really saw you that way before. I saw this um, video the other day. It's... um. If a guy is giving you all his attention and yeah. is always there for you, girls think he's a really great friend. Uh-huh. Guy wants to be more than friends. Hmm. On the flip side of that, if a girl does that, yeah. he's thinking, oh, she really likes me. And she just wants to be your She's friend. thinking, oh, he's such a good friend. <laughs> Interesting. So, like, you put on our shoes for a second. Okay. There's a lot more hurt out there for guys than most women think. Yeah. Because we've put ourselves out there so many times. And you get shut down and you're told, oh, I didn't really look at you that way. I don't really like you. So the natural reaction is going to be, well, I'm not doing that again. I'm pulling my cards. Yeah. I, I get I, that. We, we go Texas Hold'em style. You're flipping your cards up, <laughs> looking your at sunglasses it. Sunglasses no on. No, I, which, by the way, my poker face is garbage. Oh, my I played too. poker with some, some guys a couple of weeks ago. I had a hood pulled over yeah. my head, my hat down, my sunglasses on. And I tied the hoodie to where all you could see was the skin directly underneath yeah. my sunglasses. That was it. I uh, I had a <laughs> I dated a guy, had a boyfriend who was previously a literal professional poker player. Um, so he tried to teach me. No. It, yeah, can you imagine me trying to play poker? <laughs> yeah, you bluffing would be hysterical. Anyway, <laughs> so I think when you're in the guy's perspective for a minute, the amount of hurt and rejection that you receive in life it's gonna have an effect uh-huh. so the more it happens the more isolated and the more you withhold these things i think it's just a natural trend it is and i get it how do you fix it 
Because what we're talking about will go round and round and round forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't like, really. <laughs> unfortunately, this side of eternity, there isn't really a fix. Um, I think it takes more people being honest. Yeah. And sometimes it takes the girls actually just laying their cards on the table too. Okay. So is it, does it come back? I'm trying to think of like, cause I was thinking the same thing of, you know, I feel like this is just part of living in a fallen world. And it, I'm like, okay, but why? And would you agree if people weren't, everyone's so self-focused, even when they don't realize it, that, or self-serving in that you're like, you're looking out for yourself that you com- you miss how this affects another person from a girl's perspective. Oh, this guy's showing you attention. You kind of like it. You don't really like him, but you kind of like let it go on. And then he does step up and make a move. And you're like, Oh, I never saw you that way, mm-hmm. but you were enjoying having a guy around because it made you feel good about yourself. Even uh, wh- I'm not saying you're sitting there like, you know, conniving, but like on some level, like we're so, blinded by our own self-interest that we don't even realize that we're doing it to each other is that valid or no i think so yeah i i I definitely see parts of that where on the girl side of things you you like the attention not necessarily i don't want to just sit here and blast you and say that it's because you're making an idol of yourself you think yourself amazing well i think we do Um, we just you do we're not consciously sitting down to do it but our sin nature is so pervasive the word i would use is i I don't think it's malicious yes malicious is a good word yeah yeah, yeah. malicious is something done with intent yes i don't think it's done intentionally though it does happen quite frequently yeah um well unintentionally i think we head that way too. it takes definite intention to not be that way yeah and, and i do think part of this is on the culture side of things where um females are pressured so much to be this perfect little perception of what the mm-hmm. world says in terms of physical beauty and all of these other things so when someone's showing you attention it, it makes you feel better in a cultural climate that is honestly crushing to women yeah uh, so i think that is part of it um so again i don't say it's done maliciously here is a slight amendment, I'll say backtracking okay. here, for how we fix this. Um, say what you mean. Mm-hmm. And actually communicate clearly what you're feeling. So if you can tell a guy is showing you attention, realize guys don't just do that. Mm-hmm. If if you're a friend, the, the, the dynamic is completely different. Okay. And the attention that he gives you and shows you. Um, so you need to realize where he's at on that spectrum. And if you're not into it, woman up and say you're not. Because now you're playing this game of where well, I don't want to hurt his feelings and I, I don't I don't know how mm-hmm. to handle this situation. But what you're doing is allowing him to get more and more emotionally attached so that the pain increases. So you're saying even if he hasn't said anything. I, I think there's a balance. Okay. Um, and it's better to ask the question than just make the statement. <laughs> yes, so for if, sure. So if you just jump in there and go, hey, I, I don't like you. <laughs> okay. Maybe he wasn't <laughs> feeling that and you, uh, you, you read the room wrong. So, hey, I kind of noticed a, a, a lot more attention, a lot more time spent. Yeah. What's going on there? Am, am I reading thinking? the room yeah. right? Basically, yeah. But if we communicate clearly. Mm-hmm. And even if it's a, a not right now scenario. Yeah. For a girl, not right now 
is a lot different than for a guy not right now. Guy here's not right now. He's thinking, okay, I got to still keep working on this and keep building towards this. Uh-huh. And she, she'll let me know when it's ready. Girl's <laughs> thinking, it is, yeah. it's not right now. I don't have time to go into this. I'm focusing on other things. So we're putting a pause on literally everything. Yeah. Two completely different approaches. Very different. So clear communication and going, hey, I like you, but not right now. And this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Versus, uh, eh, it's just not at the moment. Yeah. Can we just make our intentions clear? That's true. For once in life. I know. Say what's on our minds and on our hearts. Well, and I think part of it too is, I don't want to say it was never intended to be like this, but it kind of wasn't in the sense that never before in talking about culture have, especially in the church, have there been this many single people this late into life, Mm -hmm. which I think is a huge influence of the culture. And I think it's, um, the, the world's culture has bled into the church. And I think a lot, I don't, this is just my thought from the the research I have done. Our parents' generation, um, and the generation before them somewhat, but our parents a lot was one of the first generation that the divorce rate amongst our parents' generation skyrocketed Mm -hmm. compared to previous. And so I think so many people in our generation, I almost find it more common than not. Come from broken homes. Yeah. Come from divorced parents. Come from the pain of growing up with that. Regardless of how amicable the divorce is, it is not easy on the kids. Um, And so, so many people in our generation are like, well, I'm not making that mistake. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to put kids through that one day. And so I have to be so sure that this is going to work out before I make any sort Mm -hmm. of commitment. But you can't be that sure. You can't know that because our our idea of marriage has fundamentally shifted from you make a commitment to someone and that's it. Like you're in it to, okay, well, we're married, but I hope this works out to, well, as long as I don't fall out of love with them or we don't drift apart or we don't whatever, the, the out to marriage has gotten it's just fundamentally fundamentally shifted how we view it to where people are scared to get into marriage because they're afraid it's not going to work out mm-hmm. and so i think that has so changed dating is in the church even is because it, this isn't something that like we, we not that we should but it's not something we should have to be figuring out like how do you date in your mid-30s well that's never been a thing before <laughs> you know it's just different than it used to be and so it's kind of New territory for a lot of people. Speaking of different than it used to be. So I've been traveling back and forth Mm -hmm. a lot recently with here in Kentucky, visiting friends, going to weddings, going to retreats and things like that. And I'm going to be doing it again. (laughs) Um, So I like to listen to other podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I've been listening to um, one podcast that tells, occasionally tells stories from World War II. Okay. uh, Perspectives of soldiers in particular, on particular ships, battlefields, whatever. That's Um, cool. So... One of the consistent trends with all of this, when they focus particularly on like one soldier, mm-hmm. they'll talk about guys that before the war were interested in, in a lady, were talking to her, and then they left and volunteered for the war, but they just wrote letters back and forth. And, and you have all of these couples that post-World War II have these boxes of letters yeah, where they would just write back and forth to one another. And so th- this is where I am. I'm an old soul. And I'm different than what the dating atmosphere is right now of I'm incredibly loyal. 
So if we start talking, I shut down mm. any anything else. Like I'm not, I don't like the idea of playing the field. Yeah. If, if I'm talking to this particular person, I wait to see where it goes before I move to something else. Yeah. And I'm not sitting there thinking about, okay, if she says this, then I can go over here and start talking to another person. Like I'm, I am loyal. Yeah. To a fault. Yeah. Um, and I think of all of these soldiers that are going through the heat of the battle, worst of the worst situations, and their only little piece of encouragement <laughs> was that letter that came yeah. every couple of months from their girl back home. <laughs> but then it was so cool to hear these stories of they come back home from the war. Uh-huh. They haven't seen each other in years. Their only correspondence are these handwritten letters. They come back and immediately get married. Like, yeah. Wow. Right? Can I can I go back and just fight in a war so I can have <laughs> that? Yeah. Because we don't we don't do that anymore. There's yeah. no loyalty out there. Yeah. And and then I think it's okay to at the very beginning talk to a couple different people because you're you're not in an actual relationship, yeah. especially on dating apps. You're just trying to find yes. that. Um, but there just seems to be no loyalty anymore. Uh-uh. Of no real desire to get to know people on the front end of it. And make some sort of commitment of, well, I'm just going to play the field until I find my soulmate. Yeah. Well, and dating apps, I think, have created that to an extent. Or they fed into that natural desire we have to just have our own comfort and ease uh, satisfied in that, like in in your scenario, they came back and got married. Um, Well... Today, it'd be like, oh my word, well, how do you know each other well enough? And, mm-hmm. you know, what about this? What about that? And we think about, today we talk about, oh, well, do you see any red flags? Is there any whatever? And I think in this day and age, as soon as there are two or three red flags, instead of it being like, hey, this is something we need to talk about and get through and figure out, within reason, some are instant deal breakers. But it used to be that, like, red flags were things to talk about and push through. <laughs> A lot of times after you were married and you're married, and so you have to figure these mm-hmm. things out. Whereas now... Because I know there's, you know, three or four guys waiting in a dating app. As soon as there are several red flags, I'm like, well, moving on. And then we ghost them. I do not. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm just saying like the cultural climate right yeah, now Yeah, you just is quit. Ghost. Just it shut is. down completely. Don't um, do that, by the way. No, don't. Or even if there's not like specific guys that have like liked you or swiped or whatever, you know you can hop back on an app and start swiping and mm-hmm. find something better. Find someone who fits you perfectly. Find someone. I think we're looking to find someone who will make a relationship not difficult instead of realizing they're all going to be. That and we are in a culture that is all about immediate gratification. Yes. So if they don't check all of the boxes immediately, moving on. Yeah. What? Uh-huh. Well, yep. These these soldiers are spending years <laughs> getting to know this person through a letter. Mm-hmm. They're not just moving on and finding something else. Yeah. But we've become with, and I'm the worst about this because I binge TV shows, we have become a culture where we are just binging everything. We want everything immediately. Like, you know how much is bothering me right now? There's a new show out on Disney+. Plus. That I have to wait a week to watch the next episode. The nerve. It's so annoying. And I'm like, I remember as a family growing up, we would watch 24 oh, yes. and wait every single week. And it always ends on this stupid cliffhanger. <laughs> I'm having to sit there all week it's thinking, where Jack is it going to go? Is going to survive? But we've become so focused on immediate gratification yeah. that if it's not exactly what I was hoping and praying for, 
yeah. then it's over. Yeah. But here's, here's <laughs> my problem where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. What happens when somebody checks all of the boxes that you are looking for and it still interested. doesn't happen? Yeah. Then I'm left just sitting there going, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I've been there. I am completely lost in this dating world right now because yeah. there's been times where I'm like, Check, 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 check. Yeah. No immediate red flags. No, Really no even warning signs. Yeah, not even yellow ones. <laughs> I'm full steam ahead. But on the other side of things, it's not the same case. Yeah, I've been there. Um, so the emotional person that I am is looking and going introspectively, well, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. If well, we're being uh, candid. Yeah. Well, that's where I, I like, I, I uh, on the less emotionally driven side I like for things to make sense. And so most of my previous relationships, I can look back and say, I learned that that made sense. You know, that was the point of that. And I can trace those things. But then there's the times where I'm like, everything, everything was right. Everything made sense. I, I always have red flags. Always, always, always. So the couple of times, I realize this about myself, but I'm just saying like the couple of times where I haven't, they weren't interested. And so I'm like, okay, so the perfect guy for me, quote unquote perfect that I see doesn't like me. So yeah, you get to, okay, so what is lacking in me that the person that I'm like, oh, this is perfect is like, eh, maybe not. Mm -hmm. And I've asked people not from a, what was me? I want you to tell me how great I am standpoint, but from a legitimate, something is obviously broken. Something is messed up. There's something that no one will tell me is a problem. And I I need to know what it is so I can fix it. Please tell me. And I mean, I, I don't know. All right. So we're about to have the realest moment we've ever had on this show. I'm okay. going deep. Um, so I, and people that know me know this well, it's no new revelation. I have dealt with depression for the last 12 years, mm-hmm. realistically. I mean, it was so bad in high school that yeah. I would come home from school, I would sit in a dark basement, I would watch TV, and I would hide. And my mom even at one point goes, are you on drugs? I'm like, no, mom, I am not on drugs. I am just emotional. You're like, um, but now I'm depressed that you asked me. Yeah, now I'm depressed that you think I'm on drugs. Do I look like I'm on drugs? Uh, so I've dealt with depression for yeah. over 12 years now. Been through some really dark seasons. Uh, which, by the way, if you're listening and you have dealt with depression and you're struggling, reach out to someone. Yeah. Because I actually just went to uh, and was in a wedding for one of my closest friends. That was my someone that I reached out to completely changed my life um, in figuring out how to handle it. But depression really creeps in into dating right now. Because, mm-hmm. again, six years, no real major relationship. Um, you have the situations where it's all of the, the boxes checked and it's still no. So as an introspective person, when I ask the what's wrong with me question, I don't want you to tell me mm. in part because I'm afraid of what's <laughs> going to be said. Yeah. And the other part of, I don't know if I can handle it mm. because of the, the dark roads uh-huh. that I've been down. What's so interesting about this Because I have always, for some reason, and I think it's God's grace, been drawn to passages in the Bible on suffering. Hmm. Um, Psalm 42, favorite passage, 1 Peter 1, 3 to 9, and 1 Peter 4, all some of my favorite passages in the entire Bible. 
because what it looks at is suffering has a means in which God sanctifies us. Mm. So the last six years of no real relationship has been very sanctifying for me. <laughs> a lot of my friends would say, if you knew me six years ago versus now, it's a completely different person. <laughs> um, both in, well, I think mostly good. It's been really God's grace. There's been some cynicism that's crept in. Um, but this whole dating atmosphere has been so sanctifying for me and yet so hard at the same time. Yeah. Because I look and go, all right, all of my friends are now married that I went to school with. Most of them have kids. Yeah. And the first question they ask me, so you dating anyone? Nope. No, I'm yeah. not. Is there anyone on the radar? Nope. I have a friend of mine that calls it net casting. I'm like, dude, there's so many holes in my net right now. It's not even funny. <laughs> it's just one gaping hole. There's yeah. no point in the net at this point. Yeah. Um, that's, that's just where I'm at. Yeah. Well, give it 10 years. I went to a wedding this summer and I, it was a blast. I love being there. I was helping with a lot of stuff and I loved it, but it was one of my friend's kids getting married. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I really don't want to give it 10 years though. <laughs> I'm just, it wasn't a give it 10 years as like a prescriptive idea. It was just, you know, it only, it only gets better. Um, cause I was like, Oh my word, that's where I'm at. Like. Forget all my friends are married. Forget all my friends have kids. My friends' kids are getting married. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, I sat at um, a friend of mine's house a couple weeks ago. We hadn't seen each other in about a year. Uh-huh. Um, probably, he is my closest friend in the entire world. So I'm over at his house. He now has three kids. I'm sitting there. His, his daughter is sitting in my lap playing a game with me. His son's over there yelling at me in a toddler <laughs> language that I don't understand. <laughs> And he's having to translate for me. And the baby's sitting next to me, rocking Uh in this little chair, being all adorable. And he and his wife are just picking at each other for fun. And I'm sitting here going, I want this. I know. So bad. Yeah. So uh, knowing where we're at on time and how we've really drug this out, let me get to the point of all of this. Okay. Of why I wanted to have real conversations and be perfectly candid. Um, Because everything we've just said is really hard Mm -hmm. and really difficult. Um, But God. Yeah. Right? Like this. It, mm-hmm. So for those of you that haven't studied um, languages or haven't studied uh, just English in general. <laughs> so me. Go ahead. <laughs> but is a negation. Mm. When the word but is used, it's a negation. So mm-hmm. everything that was is now negated. So the the dealing with depression and the dealing with hardships and the struggling with dating and the feeling lonely. Like I know so many of you are feeling that. But God. Mm-hmm. He negates the loneliness. He negates the darkness. He negates the depression. He negates the confusion. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you find someone and you get married, that's wonderful. They will not satisfy you. Yeah. The way that God will. Uh-huh. There is only one that can truly satisfy us. And it's yeah. God. Yeah. And we see this through, through Jesus dying on the cross and paying the price for us so that he could ransom a bride for himself. There is only yeah. one that we can be truly satisfied in. Yeah. Only one that can truly provide us joy. Only one that can give us meaningful purpose in life. And it's not your significant other. Right. It's not a dating relationship. It's not marriage. It's Christ. So in all of this, what I've had to look at and go, I'm feeling anxious about this. I'm worried about this. I really want to be married. I really want a relationship. This is where I want to be. But... Mm-hmm. 
even if it's a no for the rest of my life, God is everything yeah. I need. And I want that more knowing. Yes. Yeah. And that's, yeah. To continue the real talk theme, even in the wrap up here, it took me a long time to go past the intellectual knowing of that. Um, because you hear people say, Oh yeah, God is all that satisfies. J- Jesus is sufficient. That's like, it's so much better. And I hear that. I'm like, okay, yep. I get that. I'm like, but I want you to tell me practically how to fix this. Tell me practically how to get out of this situation, AKA being single that I don't want. And I'm like, I hear you say that. And it's like, everybody says that. Okay. But someone give me a practical way to get out of this. And it took me a really long time to finally grasp. And I say, took me a really long time for me to grasp. The Lord was gracious and actually like showing Mm -hmm. me that that is the answer. That is the practical way of getting out of it. And it may, you know, if you want to get really practical, it may look like, okay, you need to read your Bible more. You need to get into the character of God. You need to see how he does provide for his people and how his ways are good and whatever that looks like. But that is that practical answer. Yeah. And yeah. So, so it's not, this is not a situation where all roads lead to Rome. Mm. Right. So yeah. a lot of times God will use suffering in our life. Most of the time, God uses suffering in our life to strip away the things that are distracting us from right worship of him so that we can be fully content in him. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's that word, <laughs> but also truly delight in him. Yeah. And we we are practical, tangible people. Yeah. And yet when Jesus talks to his people, he says, don't be anxious. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, that's the practical <laughs> step. Don't. Yeah. I was like, okay, so we, um, we went to South Africa on a mission trip a few years Mm -hmm. ago and, um, the missionary we were going to see, he was there and he was taking us on like this. Um, we were being on a tour. It was like through a game. I don't remember exactly where we were now, but there were like baboons in the area. And he was like, okay, like stay away from them. Don't be near them. They're mean. They'll attack you whatever. And we were like, well, what do you do if like, you're just minding your own and you're just you weren't seeking them out, but you just find yourself and here they are. And his answer was, well, don't be there. And we were like, that's not helpful, but kind of like what you're talking about. The answer to being anxious is don't. That's what scripture says. And which means if scripture says it, that it's possible. Here's my answer. You need more of God and less of you. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, the he must increase, I must decrease. We need to be so in love with our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. He talks about this in Luke 14, the cost of discipleship. When he talks about you must hate, it's a comparative. You love Christ so much that everything else looks like hate. Mm. If, if you go into a dating relationship and you haven't really figured this out, you're going to put pressure on your significant other that they can't carry, mm-hmm. a weight that they can't carry. And they shouldn't. No, they can't satisfy you. It's not because you. of deficiency in them. It's just... They were never meant to. Yeah. yeah. They can't satisfy you. They can't bring you ultimate joy. It's Christ alone. So the answer to every little hard thing that we're talking about right now. And we're preaching to ourselves. Is ridiculously simple and yet really hard to do in practice because yeah. we cannot get out of our own way. Yep. We are so self-serving and self-focused that it is the situation of, yeah, I really I really want to be content. And how, how do I take joy in the Lord and all these things. Like, give me the practical steps. God's (laughs) saying, I'm in control. And we're saying, I want to be in control. Yeah. Like, just give me, give me the answer. And we're back to the garden. Yeah. Where 
Eve wanted to be God. She wanted to have the knowledge of God. And that's what we want. We think our way's better. We want to be that. And there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. So I, I want to I end it with this. These are my final thoughts on all of this because we've been going for a final, while. Final, final thoughts. Well, that was the setup to the final thought. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, something I've been working through recently, we haven't really even talked about uh-huh. this. Something I've really been working through, you know, when you look at what it means to be a disciple of Christ, I've been listening to stories about missionaries that made their life count. I've been listening to sermons on uh, what it means to follow Christ and really live a life that's devoted to him. It's taking big, bold risks mm. in faith. We're really good at the, the taking the risks part, <laughs> but the final in faith part, a little bit different. Faith is a lot of times unseen. I don't know where I'm going, mm-hmm. but I'm going to step out in faith, following God, and take a risk. We are so afraid of pre- preserving our own life and preserving our own comfort that we're not willing to get out there and step out and do the things that God has called us to. So it's this letting go of control mm-hmm. in life and taking a risk. And yeah, you're going to get hurt along the way, but you know who will never hurt you? God. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this looks in my life yet, mm-hmm. but I want to encourage everyone that's listening Trust God enough and follow Christ enough and let the Spirit sanctify you enough that you are willing to say, I don't know where this is going, but I'm going to take a risk. Yep. And I'm going to trust you. Yep. And what is the Corey Ten Boom? I think Corey Ten Boom said, you know, it's nothing to trust an unknown future to a known God. Yeah. And Never that's heard that what quote, we're talking but I like about. It. Yeah. So. So to everyone listening, this has been real talk. Yeah. Um, and we genuinely actually care about you as human beings. Oh, yes. Not that you didn't already know that, but there, <laughs> I mean, there's so many podcasts out there yeah. that it's just disconnected. We're talking so that you can listen to us and like yeah. us. We care about you. We do. We're praying for you. We, yeah, I was going to say, and we, yeah, we pray for you guys. And we're in the trenches with you. <laughs> we absolutely are. So we would love to hear from you guys. If you have thoughts. If you have questions, let us know. You can find us on Instagram. Email us, lookingforthemiddle at gmail.com. It's the longest email ever. I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, we'll close it out there. We'll be back with you guys on Friday for a couch cast. But until then, I'm Bethany. And I love you. (laughs) And this is Looking for the Middle. (laughs) 